Father, we today. We thank you, Jesus, for all the great and mighty things that you have already set in this day. We thank you, Father, for bringing us together. We thank you for the reign of your word. We thank you, Father, for heavens that are open over us. We thank you, Jesus, because the spirit of intercession is here with us. We thank you, Father, because every time we lift up our voices in prayer, we know, oh God, that you are right there in the midst of us. You are there to receive, oh God, that which we are lifting up to you. God, we ask that you purify our hearts, you purify our minds, oh God. You purify our thoughts, Jesus, that every single thing that we lift up to you this morning, my God, Father, let it come before your throne as offerings that you can receive in the name of our Lord Jesus. God, we just ask that this morning you open up the Zoom call, Father, that you will cause it to be a place, oh God, of spiritual interaction. You will cause it to be a place, oh God, of spiritual transaction, that you will cause it to be a place, Father, where people begin to realign themselves with you, where people begin to discover, Father, all the things that you have in store for them from the foundations of the earth. Our Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you because this is another day that you have made. We will rejoice and we'll be glad in it. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you because today you give unto us our daily bread and we receive it willingly and gladly from you. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, it's, it's such a, a, a beautiful time when we, when we stay in the presence of God, when we just stay to pray, when we stay to, um, hear the Lord, where we stay to just receive from God. And in the past couple of days, the Lord has been speaking when we began, um, prayer reign, um, there was a curriculum. I thought, okay, you know what? I want to teach and I want us to pray from this, but with each day, as we go on, the Lord begins to, you know, speak to me about what he wants from us and what he really, um, will have us talk about, you know, so yesterday, throughout yesterday, the Lord was speaking to me about the seed, the seed, the seed, and I kept thinking about the seed, and I was wondering to myself, Lord, what are you talking about, um, what do you want to do, and I sensed in my spirit um, by evening that um, the Lord was speaking about the fact that he has deposited seeds in a lot of people and, you know, people are unaware of the seed that God has placed in them or some people are not able to accurately um, cultivate the seed that he has placed in them. And I, I believe that th this whole conversation in the spirit began from, you know, what God was talking about at first when he was in the past two days, where we'll be saying, Lord, how shall I raise this child? And yesterday he began to speak to me about the seed and began to say to me, you know, there are seeds in people that I have placed in them and they are not maximizing the seed. And I need them to see it. I need them to pull it out. I need them to maximize it, you know, because part of what the enemy is doing is blind in the eyes of people so that they are not able to see what God has given to them. And many people are wrestling and many people are worried as though they are subject to the same laws as the rest of the world. The enemy makes you feel like, you know what? There's nothing special about you. There's nothing great about you. There's really nothing God is doing. You know, just hustle your way through life. But God is saying, I need my people to be awakened. I need them to see. Um, but before we go into that, last night before I went to bed, um, the Lord was speaking to me. So he gave me, you know, just an image and a picture of what he was doing in the lives of people through prayer. Um, so when I entered my bedroom to go to bed, um, I realized that my sons had let, left the TV in my bedroom on. And so 
by the time I turned off all the lights, I wanted to pray. And the TV was on pause. So they had left it on pause. And I wanted to pray. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it on. Turn off all the lights. I pray before I go to bed. Um, by the time I finished, I wanted to, I unpaused. I wanted to turn off the TV. It wasn't going off. Um, I was like, you know, this is strange. I took the um, DSTV remotes. For those of you abroad, you know, we have to so the cable um, device remote as opposed to the TV itself. I tried to use the TV, it wasn't going off. I took the cable device remote. I tried to turn it off, it wasn't going off. And I know my husband recently changed the batteries in the remote. I was like, why are these things not going off? Um, and then I unpaused it. Um, it. It unpaused. And the next thing I paused it back, it refused to, to pause back. There was just this whole thing going on with the remote controls. And I was like, what's going on, you know? So um, I got up to go turn it off from the, from the source, from, you know, the switch itself. And at that point, it went off when I didn't even, you know, use the remote. I was like, okay, that's strange. And I laid down, but because, you know, um, I'm prophetic, immediately I thought, what is that Lord? And the Lord began to speak to me and he said, I am, um, I am causing it's to become impossible. I'm making it impossible for the remote controls of the enemies to work in the lives of my people. And he said that there are some people that um, the enemy basically has got like this automatic devices where he's just like, oh, you know, she's getting too spiritual, give her trouble. And we know that once you do that, um, you know, she's just going to fall apart. Oh, he's beginning to prosper too much. You know, just plant somebody in his office um, that is going to make sure that you're still from him. And, you know, everything is just going to come crumbling down. And it's almost as though through time and through season and through generations, the enemy has been able to find um, a way in that is almost systematic and automatic um, by which he engages the lives of some people and by which he corrupts the things that God is doing. And the Lord began to say to me, I am making it impossible for those controls to work. And as you guys go into the place of prayer, and as you guys go into the season of prayer, what I am doing is that I'm dismantling their devices so that when they rise up again to say, let us control them, let us stop it. What That thing that was so easy for them, you know, that the enemy used in manipulating the lives of of people on this call, the Lord says that he's, he's, he's cutting that channel off and he's breaking that control off because what is happening as you rise up in the place of prayer is that the Lord is bringing you into an awareness. The Lord is bringing you into a consciousness. The Lord is raising around you a barrier of protection. And as the Lord raises the barrier of protection around you, the Lord is causing you in yourself to begin to have a consciousness of who you are and what you carry. And then you begin to rise up in your authority because the Lord is not only putting barriers of protection around us, but the Lord is causing us from inside of us to begin to be awakened to the knowledge of who we are. And the image that I see is a prince over a city, a prince whose father died. And the prince is, is, is a young prince. And, you know, it's like, how do I do this? How do I govern the people? How do I keep the city? And I see the image of the city being attacked by enemies because they feel, you know, the king is there. The prince is young. So let us attack. And they've, they've been plundering the city. And all of a sudden, you know, there is the raising of a hedge and the raising of barriers around the city. And the, 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 the prince is inside. But you see, the problem is, 
The fact that they were able to build a wall of protection is not enough because someday they will need to go out. They will need to go interact with the world. They need to buy food. So that is a false kind of protection. It is not real. The greatest protection is to have the strength to live freely, even though you have enemies in existence. That's the greatest protection where you, where your enemies know that even though they see you up and down and doing all the things that you're doing, they cannot attack you because they know the day they try to put a finger on you that they are going to, you know, they are going to be destroyed. So the, the, the kind of protection you need is not to live in isolation and to live in fear where you are not able to explore life, but you need the kind of protection where in the midst of exploring life, you know that you are safe and your enemy knows. So in Philippians um, 1 verse 28, it says, in nothing should you be terrified of your adversary. For it is a sign to them of their perdition, and it is a sign to you of your victory. He says, in nothing should you be terrified. So as we go through life, there is no fear about what the enemy can do or who the enemy is, because the enemy knows that as long as you are not afraid, it is a sign to him that he is destroyed, and it is a sign to you that you shall be victorious. So the Lord says, hey, I am freeing you of the things that has held you captive, and I'm freeing you of a pseudo kind of peace where you've just only built walls of protection. Oh God, Father protects me. Oh Lord Jesus, keep my family. No, the Lord is saying, hey, it is time to venture out. It is time to explore. It is time to do the things that I've called you to do. It is time to, you know, to step out of the boat. It is time to walk on water. It is time to explore the grace of God and the strength of God that is within you. And so to anybody who is dealing with any kind, literal kind of phobia, this morning in the name of Jesus, la boko son de brehida shada, Matoko sila baraka seida laha, jambra coscotila, nabacan de brehe de sete, ira baroco son de lebreca son de baraka sandela dila. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just command that hand, that hand of phobia, that hand of the enemy to be broken in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible declares that the Lord has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but he has given unto us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a soundness of mind. So God, this spirit is not of you. This spirit is from hell. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke that spirit. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we say, lose this woman and let her go. Lose this man and let him go. Every single thing that God has ordained for you, you will fulfill. Every place that God has sent you to, you will go. Everything that God has commanded you to do, you will do. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Kalambo Stotela. Irakasoda. Belekete Lokosoda. We call for a new season. We call for a new day of the fulfillment and the establishment of the gifts and graces of God over your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. People look at you and they say, oh, he's doing so much. He's doing so much. They look at you and they look at the image that you have before people. But deep inside of you, there is a sense of dissatisfaction because you know that you should be doing a lot more. But you have held back because you are afraid um, and you are worried if the flood waters will carry you. You are worried if you'll be able to, you know, it's almost like rise up again and beat your chest again and do what you did before. If you'll be great, if you did it again. So you are, you are remaining in a previous glory and in a previous season of glory. The spirit of God says to tell you that you will get up and once again, he will do what he did before. And once again, he will cause the waters to rise up in the midst of you. 
But the Lord says that this time I will give you greater waters. This time I will give you, I will bring you to deeper depths. This time I will bring you to greater authority and understanding. He says, am I not the God of times and seasons? Am I not the God of day and night? Am I not the one that makes it possible for the sun to rise up every day? He says, as long as I am able to cause the sun to rise and the moon to rise daily in time and season, I am able to cause you to shine consistently. So the Lord says, step out, step out, step out, and once again, go forward. Once again, do the things that I've commanded you to do. Once again, step into the arena, step into the light. And the Lord says, I will be your light. I will be the one that will shine over you. I am the glory of Israel. I am the light of Jerusalem. And the Lord says, I will rise up over you as a great light. And once again, you will shine in the midst of a dark generation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we bless you. Father, we bless you. You know, just speaking about the whole um, concept of the remote control, um, there are certain things that make it possible for the enemy um, to stay connected with your life. And one of those things is bitterness. One of those things is unforgiveness. And it's almost like um, no matter what you do, the enemy just always seems to be able to get to you when he wants to get to you. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday or a group of people, and I said to them, I said, there are many high and lofty things I could preach to people. Um, there are many ways I could, you know, pull out scriptures and just preach it and say, hey, here is a scripture. Yeah, because the scripture in itself is powerful. It doesn't need anybody to be powerful. The scripture in itself is powerful. So if you just took the scripture and threw it out there, you know, it's going to be powerful. And I said to them, I said, but I have done ministry for so long and I have been in the faith for almost 20 years now. I said, I have realized that um, it's possible for people to engage with the word and yet the word does not engage them, you know? And I said, for me, I, I, I really want um, the reason why sometimes I hold su such things, I just hold it up a bit but, and I come down to the, to the smallest part and the lower denominator. I said the lower denominator of the soul, of the mind, of the spirit. I said, because the word of God, I have found out that um, a person who hears the word and a person who sits in the midst of church and sits in the midst of ministry and sits in the midst of, you know, fellowship and, and speaks Christianese and does all of those things. But, and the word of God does not go into the person's heart, does not permeate and enter the cells of your being. And it does not enter the rooms in your soul, does not enter the rooms in your spirit. I said that person will consistently have an appearance of greatness, but can crumble at the slightest challenge. I said, so my, my, my focus and my desire is to bring the word of God in a way where it can go into the recesses of the lives of people and challenge the dark corners and challenge the dark areas and to raise wholesome believers and raise wholesome Christians, you know, and I say this because, you know, um, part of the things that makes it possible for the enemy to consistently invade our lives, even though remotely, are things like bitterness, things like um, um, unforgiveness, anger, you know, the brokenness that comes from pain that was never dealt with. And I sense in my spirit today that the Lord 
wants to visit those things because as he gives a prophetic word, the Bible says, wage a good warfare by the prophetic word that has got ahead of you. So a prophetic word is a weapon of war. A prophetic word is a tool and an instrument that enables you to war accurately. So when the Lord says, I am breaking the hand and I am breaking the connection, the remote controls that makes it possible for the enemy to manipulate your life, that means part of what God is doing is that God is going to be visiting the roots and the, and the seed and the foundation that the enemy constantly has that makes it possible for him to connect with you. Jesus said the enemy, the, the Satan came to me, but he found nothing in me. That's to tell you that the enemy is constantly searching for elements of himself in us. He's constantly searching for things that look like him, that represent him in us. So I tell people, I say, you cannot, you, you don't, don't even imagine that you can use the enemy's weapons against him. And don't think that you can play with the tools of Satan and Satan is not come, going to come and get it. So many times what many believers are doing is that they are, you know, dabbling with, you know, things that belong to the enemy. And yet they expect the safety of God to protect them. If you are going to be in the safety of God, then you must adhere to the government of God. If you are going to be under the, 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 the protective custody of Zion, then you must adhere to the laws of Zion. It is not enough for you to be born a citizen of a nation. What necessitates that the nation covers you is that you stick to the laws and the policies of the nation. And so if you are really going to walk and you're going to live under the protection of Zion, and you're going to receive the fullness of the kingdom of heaven, then you must stay under the government of the kingdom. And so part of the government of the kingdom and part of the laws and part of the things that makes it possible for us to experience the good hand of our God is that we purge our insides. It says, purge yourself, make yourself a vessel that is worthy. And so you break things like unforgiveness. You will break things like bitterness. And this morning, we're going to ask the Lord to give us grace because the enemy is constantly coming to search for those things inside of us to see, does it, does she have anything that belongs to me in her? Does she have fear? Because fear is a spirit and it's not from God. So many people are possessed by the spirit of fear. Many people are oppressed by a demonic spirit. But because culturally it has become normal to say things like, ah, I'm just afraid, I don't know what to do. People don't see anymore that it's actually a demonic spirit from hell. So every time you say, I am afraid, what you are saying is that I have a partnership with a demon and it's called the demon of fear. Every time you say, ah, I don't know inside of me, I'm such a fearful person. Basically what you're saying is that I'm possessed with a demon of fear. So fear is not just a human response. Oh, fight or flight or this. No, 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 no. We're not talking about something biological or psychological. There is a spirit that stands, you know, between the gate of courage and the gate of fear. And you have to be able to decide, who am I going with? And so in this season, you cannot afford to have anything that looks or belongs to the enemy inside of you because you are charging forward, because you are moving forward, because you are about to a land that you're about to take a territory. So this morning, I want us to pray. And I want you to begin to ask the Lord, Father, purge inside of me. Purge me, oh God. Father, look into my heart. My God, look into my soul. My God, look into the recesses of my being. Lord Jesus, help me, Father, to be able to expunge from within me the things that are not of you. My God, give me the grace to forgive. My God, give me the grace to deal with bitterness. My God, give me the grace to deal with anger. Father, 
Father, help me to let go of these things. Help me to let go of this person. You know, mention the name, mention the situation. It may be something that has been haunting you for years. Come on, it is time to let it go because it is limiting you. Can we pray together? It is time to let it go because it is limiting you. And the Lord wants to do a major work in your life. I need us to understand this prayer. Hear me. These are the most powerful prayers you can pray for yourself. This is not just praying in terms of praying in the spirit. When you see somebody that walks in power and somebody that walks in the liberty of the spirit and someone that has consistent grace towards them to do the things that others think impossible, I know that that person has prayed prayers like this. The greatest warfare, the biggest battleground, it's not the battleground that surrounds you. It is the battleground within you that you may win the war in your soul, that you may win the war in your spirit. This is a very, very important prayer. The state of your heart, the state of your heart. You, I, so as we prayed, I need you to talk to God sincerely and I need you to articulate your prayer. And I need you to, if possible, kneel down, lie down. It's for some people, it is things that your fathers did to you. It is things that, you know, someone did to you at a particular age and you've just not been able to get over it. But yet you see a, a recurrent cycle and you see this thing consistently making you make the wrong decisions and you want the hold and the shackle to break off you. You don't want the enemy to be able to control you at any point in time. For some of you, it is some kind of demonic spontaneous of anger. And, you know, people don't understand it. They're like, ah, ah, where is that coming from? He's such a good person on a normal day. She's such a sweet person. How is it that she just, you know, hey, listen, you can break the hand of that from you. You can discontinue the agreement you have had with hell and darkness for so long. You don't have to remain a victim. You don't have to remain weak towards these things. You can, by reason of your words and by prayer, break that hand and, you know, just say, I am I'm no longer a part of this covenant. So I want us to raise this prayer to God because like the Lord says, hey, I am stopping the remote controls of hell. And this is your own role to play. You yourself must challenge and say, hey, Satan, you know, just get away from me. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. And I have come into a new season. I have no agreement. Can we make that prayer again? Speak to the things. Speak to them. God has revealed to you, you know what the real struggles are. Let us just lift up our voices in prayer and begin to say to the Lord, Father, it is a new day. Father, it is a new day. My God, I stand in the name of Jesus. 
that is a new day, God. thank you, Amen, amen. You know, um, people are stuck at the point of their last forgiveness with, with regards to a person, a people, a place, a system, a season of life. The last place, the last time that you let go in that area, that's where you are stuck. Just like Lot's wife, come out of this city. Come out of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord wants to deliver you. She begins this journey with the people. She begins this journey with her family. But at some point, she cannot let go. At some point, she's thinking and remembering of this place. And she's like, you know what? I just need to take a peep and see what's going on, what's happening. You know, I hear screams. I hear the Lord doing his work. And I hear the Lord burning, you know, the, with the fire of his love and consuming the things that were going to consume me. But, you know, I, I just still feel connected to it. I just want to venture a little bit. And she turns around and she looks back and she becomes a pillar of salt right in that place. All her grace, all her capacity, all her ability is stuck there. For some people, they become pillar of salt in their heart. 
They become pillar of salt in their spirit. They become pillar of salt in their souls. And even though we see them physically, we engage with them. We talk with them. They are moving around. They are growing in their career. But they are stuck in, in many areas of virtues and many areas of grace and many areas of capacity, many areas in their personality. They are stuck because they are constantly looking back. They are unable to let go. But today, God wants to free you. Today, God wants to release you. Today, God wants you to go forth and God wants you to venture out. And so, Lord, we just ask for the grace from heaven to be able to let go of the things that seem so hard, to be able to break the hold of the enemy that consistently wants to connect us to wrong and terrible and, and, and dark experiences. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak to that person that, that is sitting there right now in their room and crying and saying, God, it is impossible for me to go past this. But Father, I just ask for a release of your grace over that individual. And I say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let the oil flow from heaven. Let the ability flow yeah. from heaven. Give them the capacity to mm -hmm. see their life beyond their struggle. Give them the ability mm -hmm. to see who they are beyond this pain. In the name of mm -hmm. Jesus. Father yeah. God, I just rebuke the hand of the enemy and I rebuke the projections yeah. of hell that seeks to make it bigger yeah. than it truly is. That, 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 that seeks to yeah. constantly blow up the image of the struggle. God, yeah. I break the demonic projections of hell and I declare yeah. that in the name of Jesus, their devices crumble. They will no longer yeah. be able to project it and make it look greater than it truly is. And I declare yeah. that in the name of Jesus, your children, your child is sensitive to see the situation for what it is. My God, mm -hmm. I pray that there is a rising of a new strength of identity inside of your children, that mm -hmm. even though they are surrounded by these struggles, but they can see the greatness that they are. They can see mm -hmm. the power that they have. Father, I ask in the name mm -hmm. of Jesus, that you begin to change the evaluation system, the evaluation mm. tool that by which they have evaluated their life and they have evaluated their experiences. I ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, you give them a new kind of eyesight and you give them a new set of lenses in the realm of the spirit. Mm. The kind of lenses that has the ability to see things for what they truly are, to see it from the, from the realm of the spirit, to see it from the realm of God, to understand, mm. oh God, that even though that they, they, they had a struggle, Father, that it is not a shackle, it is not a chain, oh God, that they can go mm. past this, that they can walk past this mm. in the name of God. Father, I ask for peace that surpasses all understanding, the kind of peace that surpasses the human understanding of what is going on, the kind of peace that makes it possible for a person to rise up when the world says that they should be in shame. I am asking for that kind of peace that makes it possible for a person to keep their head above water, oh God, consistently irrespective of the flood that hits them. I am asking for the kind of peace, oh God, in the lives of your people that enables them to walk in strength and in audacity, oh God, even though their previous failures are constantly whispering into their ears. My God, let peace be released. Let peace be released. The kind of peace that is an army from heaven the kind of peace that goes out to war, the kind of peace that goes out to necessitate that the good of God is established in the life of people. Let peace be released Amen. from heaven, oh God, as Amen. an army to Amen. war, as an army to fight, as an army to Amen. make sure that every single standard of God and every single standard of Elohim is established in the lives of his people in the Amen. name Amen. of Jesus. Let peace go forth. Let peace go forth. Let peace go forth. 
Let Amen. it bring order in your life. Let Amen. it bring order in your life. Let Amen. peace go forth. Let it organize. Let it arrange. Let it rearrange every single aspect of your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for
Are you hearing me now? Yes, please. Yes, we can hear you. Fantastic. Uh, while we were praying just now, the Spirit of God began to speak to me and he began to show me the picture of Haman in, in the palace of the king. And he began to show me the strength of Haman as long as he remained in the palace of the king. I needed to understand something that Haman um, um, was close to the king. Haman was the second in command. Haman um, was like a general you know, in the kingdom. Haman was an advisor to the king. Um, and, and, and Haman had entrance and Haman had um, a position and Haman had had an entry into the life of the king. And that's why it made it possible for Haman to be able to influence and Haman to have the audacity to be scheming and plotting and planning about how he would bring down the children of Israel. And he was confident that the scheming and the plotting will work. I needed to understand something that is also the strength of Haman. The Bible says that when Haman was going to destroy the children of Israel, that Haman consulted the astrologers and Haman consulted the people that would read the to tell him to destroy the children of Israel. Haman was not just walking with his own strength. Haman was consulting with the spirit in the heavenlies. Haman was consulting with demonic hosts. Haman was consulting with, with the spirits that look over times and seasons. Not the spirit that, that God sends, but the demonic spirit that seeks to interpret the patterns of God so that Haman will know the time that he can strike and he's striking the children of Israel will be successful. I need you to understand what God is saying this morning. And the Lord is saying to me that there are many princes of God. There are many children of God. There are many royals that he has given birth to that sit in the kingdom, but there are Hamans in the midst of them. There are many people who are ruling alongside Hamans. There are many people who are living with Hamans. And I need you to understand what the kingdom is this time. I am not talking about the kingdom that is around you, for the Bible says that the kingdom of God is within you. I am talking about the kingdom within you. And I'm talking about the fact that you are the king that was put in that kingdom. You are the one in your life that God, and it is through you that God invades your internal kingdom. And the Lord says that there are many people that have Haman's inside of them. And I need you to understand that Haman is not just a physical person, that Haman is also um, one that you listen to, one that you you, 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 you take seriously, you take his advice, you take his counsel, you take his position seriously. And you see, these Haymans are like Haymans of tradition, Haymans of system, Haymans of culture, Haymans of the way you have been raised, Haymans of the counsel that you were given, or the closest counseling voice in your life, Haymans of your best friend, Haymans of your experiences and your past hurts, your past failure, your past successes. These Haymans are constantly sitting in your life in a seat of counsel to, 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 to tell you you what to do and you deliberate with Haman on a daily basis but the Lord is showing me a picture and saying remove Haman from the midst of the king and the throne of the king will be established remove Haman from the midst of the king and the hand of the king will be established remove Haman from the citadel of the city and the city will be established in peace and I hear the spirit of God says I am uprooting Haman and I am removing Haman and I am taking away the manipulations of Haman and I am opening the eyes of my princes to see that 
that this one does not support you. This one is not building you up. This one is not for you. This one is weakening you. As long as Haman remained in that palace, the king's throne could never be certain and it could never be secured. This morning in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we come against every seed of Haman. We come against every root of Haman. It doesn't matter how we got into your life. It doesn't matter how the enemy imputed it and, and planted that seed there. By reason of the blood of Jesus, we command it to be removed and uprooted in the name of Jesus. Amen. We send the fire of the Holy Ghost against every Haman. We send the fire of the Holy Ghost against the every Haman. In the name of Jesus, we Amen. ask that the Mordecai's of our lives we find no rest until Haman goes. That the Mordecai's of our lives we find no rest until Haman goes. That the Mordecai dimension that is embedded in our destiny, the Mordecai dimension that is embedded in our destiny, the assurance that God put in there, that irrespective of the schemes or the plans or history or the manipulation of darkness, that Mordecai will not rest until Haman leaves the citadel. I pray that the Mordecai direction, dimension, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will trouble the waters of our lives, that the Holy Spirit will trouble the waters of our lives. He will trouble the seats in our lives, the thrones in our lives, until Haman leaves, until Christ is established in us. In the name of Jesus, this Amen. morning we come into agreement with the move of Mordecai, which is a representation of the Holy Ghost, the one that brings counsel, the one that brings wisdom, the one that brings direction. This morning we come into agreement huh, with the system of Mordecai and we say, Holy Ghost, have your way in our life. Bring wisdom, bring revelation by which we can destroy every inner Haman, every Haman that seeks to establish himself that was in the life of my father my mother and now wants to create a repeated cycle i declare that i am not a chalkboard for the enemy i declare that i am not a billboard for satan i am not the one that he will use when they are having their meetings to talk about how they have succeeded through generations my god i am the gap in the presentation of hell when it comes to me they will say there was a break when it came to her we were not able to continue in the name of jesus nothing in my life partners with hell. My God, I am a rebel to the kingdom of darkness. My God, let everything inside of me rebel against hell. Let everything inside of me rebel against hell. My God, come on, let me be tamed by the fires of hell. But Jesus, release from inside of me the dimension of the lion. Release from inside of me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Your kingdom must be established. Amen. The kingdom of God within you must be established. Sadome, Ikabo, Tobia, Daleka. For there is war, there is war, there is war. There is contention for the strength of your throne. I come against every kind of demonic peace. The kind of peace that Jonah had when he was sleeping in a boat that was about to capsize. I come against it in the name of Jesus. You will not sleep when you are about to be taken as prey. You will not sleep when you are about to be swallowed by waves. I come forth and... 
raging storm, a raging storm, Mareka Suta. You will not have peace when you are supposed to be fighting. You will not make of David and go and covenant with, with, with all kinds of promiscuity when you should be at war. You will rise up in the day of battle. You will run with the generals. I begin to comfort a new kind of strength and a new kind of agitation against the things that have oppressed you. I rebuke demonic peace. I rebuke storm. In the name of Jesus, Karamatina Mosomere Kabarade, Alabeko, Mika, Lokobe, Ikabakalede no Mosonde Bialada, Ishandele Kelebo Korobo Sundelebata, Ayele no Moshinda Bakorobo. Ask the Lord to take away every kind of peace that is not His own, every survival mechanism that does not belong to God. Baba, remove it. My God, remove it. Let me know the ones that I need to fight and give me the courage to confront them. Let me have the courage and audacity to know that Haman is not for me. To fight against any Haman dimension. To fight against any Haman manipulation. To fight against any Haman tradition and theology. To fight against any Haman culture. Everything that has sat in my life for so long, but is an Haman trying to destroy the kingdom within me trying to weaken me, trying to make sure that I don't ascend the throne that God has ordained for me. My God, Haman must die. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. you know I, I need you to understand who you are and what you carry and i need you to know that in the realm of the spirit you know the bible says we have become living stones and the, jesus said in my father's house there are many mansions there he wasn't joking it is because that each one of us are like cities. And I tell people that you are a spiritual real estate. In the realm of the spirit, you are not just a lonely spirit walking about. There is a vastness that is called you. You see, the, the, the currency of, of the spirit realm is souls and spirit. And, 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 and you yourself, you are a wealth. You are a wealth. You are, an, you are a large ex estate. And the enemy understands. That's why the, the Bible will say the kingdom of God is within you. How can a kingdom be inside a human being? How is it possible? Yes, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I've been teaching people that when you hear things like righteousness, peace, joy, you know, faithfulness, and all of these things, these things are not intangible substances. These things actually are tangible and weighty. And they are like the, the, the life force of humanity. So when you have them, a human being is able to perform excellently. That is why if you are a person that you are constantly with an unfaithful person or an unfaithful spouse, what it does to you is that it weakens a part of you and it weakens a, a, a certain confidence that you should have. And so what the person's unfaithfulness does to you is that it releases an energy that weakens 
weakens you and makes you want to feel small and brings a kind of force, a force field of sadness around you. So as a human being, you are not able to perform at your peak and you're not able to work excellently in mind, in spirit, in body, in heart. So when God tells you things like faithfulness, loyalty, kindness, truth, these things are not just intangible things flying in the air. They are actually energies in the realm of the spirit that enable humanity to function optimally. So when the Lord begins, begins to say that the kingdom of God is within you, I need you to understand that he means what he's talking about. And inside of you is like a kingdom. And you are the one that God has positioned as the prince and he's grooming you daily. And it's possible to have Haman sitting with you. Haman weakening you. And you have said to yourself, this is how we are in my family. You have said to yourself, oh, you know, it's just because, you know, you guys don't get it. This is how we are in this part of the world. Who is we? Who is which part of which world? We belong to a kingdom. We come from Zion. The culture of our kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. This is who we are. And so you judge all things from the perspective of Zion. You don't judge it by how it fits into this world. Because you see, culture in itself is a tool by which people are reduced from the realm of the spirit into the realm of flesh. That's why the Bible says you make the word of God of no effect by your tradition. Tradition has a way of deflating the power of the word so that it reduces mankind into the carnality of flesh. So if you will be a spiritual man, you must raise your perspective beyond culture and look into the realm of the spirit to find the weightiness of every matter. You judge it from the eye of the spirit, not from the eye of culture, times and seasons and tradition. That is the realm where carnal, earthly, weak men dwell. But the true men who control things in the world are men who take a peep consistently. And in fact, they are men who live consistently in the realm of the spirit. And I'm talking about both we, spiritual realm of light and spiritual realm of darkness. That's what the Bible says that the, the, the princes of this world have become wiser than the children of God. Because like Haman, Haman is constantly consulting with the stars. Haman is consulting with the astrologers. Haman is consulting with the sorcerers. And I told you yesterday that the, the word sorcerer means the ones that uncover. Haman is constantly consulting with the ones that seek to uncover. You are there, you are still condemning the prophetic. You are still saying, mm, all these prophetic people, hey, hey listen. Haman's are working with the astrologers consistently. And you, you don't have an advantage of sight. You don't have insight. You don't have revelation. A king is only as powerful as the altar that backs him up. A king is only as powerful as the fire and the incense that burns on his altar. So I don't care how much businesses you have or how successful you are. One day it can crumble as long as Satan is still holding that remote control. You want to take the control from Haman. You want to take the control from Satan. And you want to have your own kind of insight and clarity into the operation of the spirit realm. The operation of the spirit realm. You must be secured on your seats. You must be secured on your seat so that the day they call you and they say, oh, look at what your child is doing. You speak from a place of security and you release the troops of heaven from a place of certainty. Be secured on your seat as a king. Do not let Haman keep invading you. I will come back to Haman. But you see, even within us is a constant, is an extra dimension that God has placed.
The part of you inside of you that is seeking to do right by God. The part of you inside of you where you can trace the journey of God. Like Esther, Esther could trace her journey. She was an orphan. She had had bad experiences, but look at how God elevated her, showed her favor with her uncle Mordecai and showed her favor with the head of um, the king's eunuch that prepared the people and showed her favor with the king and has promoted her. And she's sitting on this high seat. There is an Esther inside of all of us. The part of you that people see and they're like, wow, ah, God is good to you. That part of you that they see where you can trace your journey of the goodness of God in your life. But Esther is not enough to become a queen. It's not enough to be in the king's palace. There is something more for which you were raised. There is a greater reason for which God has shown you favor. And you see, the problem with Esther is that if you look at it from the realm of the flesh, there's the possibility to think that the target and the height is to become a queen, where the target and the height was for her to be a liberator. And you saw, so there are, see, there are dimensions of dominance. And see, there is one dimension, the Bible says, take, um, it says replenish the world, dominate. And I tell people that when you come into the realm of influence, there are levels you get to. So there is that level of, yes, you are making a change, you are creating a difference. If I begins with, oh, she's nice, she's kind. And the next thing you take nice and kind and you institutionalize it and nice and kind now forms a business that is reaching out to the poor, that is reaching out to the sick. And you move from there and you enter that level where they say, oh, she's such an influential person. But you see the highest level of influence is dominance. Well, when they talk about that area or they talk about that aspect at any point in time in any area of the world, they call your name as a standard. The Lord said dominate. And you see, the thing about dominance is that dominance is not church. Dominance is not religion. Dominance is not culture. Dominance is not how old you are. Dominance is kingdom. Dominance is about the laws of the spirit that determine who is qualified to reign on this level. Dominance is about challenging the effect of principalities and powers and walking shoulder to shoulder with Jesus as it comes to actualizing the principles of Zion over the earth. And you see, so when God brings you into a place where he wants to make you a man of dominance, he will cause you to sit with fetish kings. He will cause you to sit with fetish, fetish rulers. He will cause you to sit with people who are consulting with demonic hosts on a daily basis. But yet you are able to rule like Daniel in Babylon. You are able to become the head of the witches and the wizards and the sorcerers. And they look to you and they say, your own is greater than our own. You are able to become like Moses who has a rod and they have a rod, but your rod swallows their rod. For for a man to arrive at that point, you need to keep your windows constantly open towards Jerusalem. Even though Daniel was in captivity in Babylon and Daniel every day was talking to a king that worshipped false God. He was talking to a people. He was leading a group of people who made it known that, look, we, we are demonic. Yet Daniel consistently kept his windows open towards Jerusalem. He kept his eyes on the God of Zion. He kept his spirit connected to him. Hear me, the Lord is speaking today about your kingship and speaking about your authority and speaking about dominance, which is kingdom, not religion, which is kingdom, not church, which is on the level of systems and government and policies and the determination of the destiny of generations. When you arrive at this level, because it's the Esther inside of you, that engages on that level. 
But you see, it's possible for Satan to train you and wrong doctrines from the church to train you into believing that, oh, Esther, oh, God is going to cause you to prosper. You will have a house on the hill. You will have money to do whatever vacation. Oh, no, Esther, that is not the purpose. There is dominance that should yet rise up from inside of you. So Mordecai, which is a type of the Holy Ghost, began to say to Esther, Esther, this is not why God created you. This is not the height. Esther, go back and pray. And so in the name of Jesus, I provoke a season of searching inside of you. I provoke a season of unrest inside of you. Esther, you will fast, you will pray, you will seek, you will ask the Lord. And Esther, by the blood of Jesus, you would arrive at the purpose for your life. You would arrive at the commission in Genesis 1, 26. Grow, cultivate, replenish, multiply, dominate the earth in the name of Jesus. This morning, I call to the kings in Zion. This morning, I call to the princes in Zion. This morning, I call to the royals in Zion. I say in the name of Jesus that the tag of God will not be stolen from you, that your royal robes will not be taken from you, that your royalty will not be reduced to provision, will not be reduced to money. I declare that your royalty will stand, that you will do that for which the Lord anointed and ordained you. I command your eyes to open, O prince of Zion. I command your spirits to open, O son of Zion. I say in the name of the Lord Jesus, you rise up in the audacity of your office. You rise up in courage. You rise up in faith. I declare that by the blood of Jesus, that the Holy Ghost is challenging every single thing that you have settled for. Every single way you have sat, Esther, and you have said to yourself, oh, but I have become queen. I am okay. No, I declare that the affairs of humanity begins to burn in your heart once again. In the name of Jesus. Amen. um when i was much younger there was a there was a prayer that they made us pray when i was in university and to time i lead people to pray and, and it sounds stupid it sounds grammatically wrong but you see i remember that was the day that my life changed and the perspective of the things that i need to achieve in this life it changed we were praying on the mountains on that day and i remember my pastor said to us he said pray to the lord and tell him god this one life that i have it must count for something great 
And I remember thinking when I said it initially, I was like, what does it mean by this one life? Who has two lives? But then it hit me. It was as though I could see my days. I could see my seconds. And I began to see the weightiness and the value of time. And it dawned on me, my goodness, that tomorrow is not assured to anybody. All I have is today. All I have is this moment. And if I lose the opportunity of time, my life will not be counted in the heavens as anything valuable. When I arrive at the place of eternal inheritance, I will have nothing waiting for me. And I remember that day praying and rolling on the floor. And I said, God, I have just one life to live. I have just one moment, oh God. Every moment is an opportunity for me to arrive at an eternal inheritance my goodness do not let me be broken or reduced to the mediocrity of this world where i spend my life searching for the things that will perish but my god put inside of me an eternal quest this one life that i have my god let it count for something great there are generations that have lived but still today baba we still call you the god of abraham isaac and jacob because they made an impact my god make my life an impact my god make me oh god a woman that will be remembered. My God, make me, oh God, a gate. Make me a realm. Make me a mantle upon the earth. My God, refine what needs to be refined. Remove what needs to be removed. Challenge what needs to be challenged. But this single life that I have, my God, it must count for something great. My God, challenge the heavens inside of me. My God, challenge my Esther position. About this single life that I have, my God, it must count for something great. If you are looking for a man to use, use me, God. in Jesus name Amen. I, I pray for you while we were praying. Kalamazumbre ikelabaso. I saw like a town with many deaf people in it.
And I saw a town crier beating the drum and crying out. I said, here is the verdict of the king. Here is the verdict of the king. And he was announcing, making announcements from the throne. But because there were so many deaf people in the city, they could not hear him. Because there were so many deaf people in the city, they could not receive. And so I sensed in the realm of the spirit that what the Lord was saying was there are many people who have become deafened, de de deafened to the cry of the spirit. And you can no longer hear the town crier from heaven that is crying out, make way, that is crying out concerning the purposes of God, concerning the things that the Lord wants to achieve. You have been reduced to the smallness of your situation that you cannot hear the cry of heaven anymore. That even when you come before the king, it is the consistent presentation of domestic affairs. And you no longer think in your ambassadorial position anymore. But today, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, let there be an invasion. Let there be a popping open of the spiritual ears of the sons of God. In the name of Jesus, pop open, pop open. Amen. Let the ears of your spirit open up now. Amen. Spirit, open up now. Open Amen. in the name of Amen. Jesus. Amen. For the world is sustained by the word of God. Humanity is sustained by word. A man can only go as far as the words that he hears. You will hear, you will hear, you will hear the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Let your ears open up. Let your navigation system be restored. So let it be restored. Let it be restored. In the name of Jesus. spirit Oh, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I am the Lord. Oh, yes, 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 Lord. O
If you cannot hear, if you cannot see, if you cannot perceive what he has to say, what use is an audience with a king? Father, don't let us stand in front of you, deaf, blind, mute, unable to descend. Baba, we ask, we ask, Lord, that you open our eyes. Amen. Turn our hearts towards you. That we are working our spirits. Awaken our spirits. Awaken our spirits. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ah, ah, your life will not remain the same. Your life not remain the same. I don't pray for tradition. Don't do it. That's not prayer time. I pray for impact. I pray for change. I pray for transformation. I remain the same. you say I I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey. The movement of the spirit is real. Is my transition. My life. the same. the name of the the, the way the Holy Ghost leads me to operate is built. I don't pray prayers down. Lord, let us begin to pray. God, every food I need. No, 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 no. I don't have time for that because I get it. Let me get, let me help you understand. A king does not sit on a throne and pray for food or pray for apple. He doesn't because it is a giving. There is a constant feast. Even where there's famine in the land, the king eats. So the reason, the prayer point of a person tells you where they are. And I'm not saying it's, it's, it's wrong to ask for those things, but I'm telling you that there is a place you get to in God where there is a knowledge of the fact that your heavenly father knows what you need. And these things are provided, it's a giving, why? Because you are a kingdom representative. 
And it is to the good of the kingdom to make sure that you are sorted out. Because if you, there's a way you will be that people will say, oh, is this how the kingdom is? So there is a place in the realm of the spirit and you see everything in the spirit answers to knowledge. That's why the, the thing that brought them down was the tree of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge. But you see, the problem was the knowledge was knowledge of good and knowledge of evil that was intertwined in one fruit. But the only person who is able to distill it is God. Because it is God that was able to separate the waters from the waters in the beginning. Only God can look at water and tell you that there's a part of this water that is clean and there's a part that is bad. And he will separate the bad water from the good water in one instance. Only God can distill good from evil. So that is why when Solomon, and when the Lord said to Solomon, Solomon, what do you want? Solomon said to him, you have made me a man of, people say Solomon asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for wisdom. Solomon actually said, you have made me a person that has wisdom. Now I ask that you give me the ability to discern between good and evil so that I may be able to govern your people right. And in the next verse, the Bible says that this request, it pleased the Lord. The word that was used for pleased was, he said it was good to God and it's the same word tov that was used to describe good in the beginning when God made everything and you say ah and this is good and this is good and this is in the request that Solomon made to God it was good I remember I explained good to you some days ago that good is the ability for a thing to have in itself the capacity to produce the fruit for the next generation so God looked at Solomon's request and said this is a request that is thinking generationally this is the request of legacy this is the kind of request that a king should make the ability to discern. Now, when you take that word discern, it's the Hebrew word bane, and it's the word that speaks, it, it, it actually literally means interval. So it says, show me the interval between good and evil, because good and evil is in the same fruit. So you look at an apple, you can't pull the part of the apple that is good and separate it from the part that is bad because it's intertwined. But there is a mechanism in the spirit that helps a person to be able to distill good from evil. And it only happens by the intervention of the Holy Ghost. Where your spirit and your senses are awakened to a level and you can distill between it. Guess what? That is what kings rule by. That is what makes you a powerful, influential person. When you can look at a thing and while other people, the whole church says, mm, God forbid, this thing is not good. You are able to look at it and you can distill the good from the midst of it. That is what makes God, God. That is what makes him the one that can judge the whole earth. Because there are circumstances that you cannot understand. You will say to yourself, why would God enter a city? And the people who have been devout and praying, Jesus did not go and meet them. But Jesus will go to people like the woman by the well that has married different men. Even the husband she was with at that time, the sixth man, was not even her husband. She was just living with him like that. And why would Jesus go and meet that person? Because Jesus understands the behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes situation that led the woman to that point. Jesus has been the ability to tell the interval between good and evil. So when you look at her life as a whole, you say, Kai, this woman is evil. But Jesus looks at her life and he distills her past, distills the, the rape that she had at a child from the abuse of a father to abandonment of her mother and looks at the way that she has navigated her life. And Jesus says, you guys don't get it. This woman is good. 
Because considering where she's coming from, where she is now is the best case scenario. And Jesus leaves everything else to meet with her. It is called being. The ability to see the weightiness of people's destinies, even when they don't see it. That is what makes you a minister. That is what makes you a king. That is what makes you a ruler. That is what secures you in your position because you can distill good out of evil. That was where um, Adam and Eve failed. And that is what God restores to us, the capacity to discern. So in the midst of a dark world, in the midst of a time when deception is plowing the earth, you have discernment of spirit and you can tell what the will of God is at every point in time. God is establishing you in discernment. God is establishing you in understanding. Do not joke with anything that seeks to steal your sight. The brokenness of humanity began from the stealing of the sight of humanity. Don't joke with it. The Bible says after they ate the food, they saw that they were naked. They, were, they stopped seeing accurately. They stopped seeing correctly. When they used to see out of the glory of God, they no longer saw from that place. Fight anything that contends with your sight. Fight it. Make sure that the, 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 the seeing from the place of God is what is stronger than the scene from the place of the world. So build up sight in the place of prayer. Build up true sight so that when you open your eyes to the physical world, while other people are seeing chaos, calamity, you, you are seeing opportunity. Why? Because you see as God sees. Contend for your sight. Contend for your vision. Contend for understanding. Contend for clarity. Because you will only go as far as you know to go. So know the Lord, know the ways of God. And I know that as you chase these things, the Lord will answer you. Amen. Before we go, let me share this with you. One thing that you really, really need to keep your eyes on at every point in time, you know, even as God begins to take care of the Haman, remember I told you that Haman may be a person that has just been positioned in your life and has been a stronghold for years. You don't even know. The king dined and ate with Haman. But the way you can determine Haman's position is to look at the quality of his counsel. Weigh it accordingly with the ways of God and the statutes of God. That is how you determine Haman and you determine who Haman really is and the life of Haman. Now, the thing about taking out Haman is that you must also take out the seed of Haman. When God was talking to me about seed yesterday, I had pulled out a, a document I had created before. I thought God was talking about only the seeds he planted in us. I did not know that where God was going this morning is the seed that Satan has planted. And he just, he will hide them in the corner. You don't know. So you look at your whole life. Have you seen those really micro cameras that they put in houses? You don't even know the camera is there. There are people that come to my house and they don't even know. So sometimes... They're trying to, you know, maybe we're having an event that's always trying to change some. I'm like, don't change here. There's a camera. You know, they're like, hey, Pierre, you have camera in your house. And I just saw some people actually just now say, hey, Pierre has camera in her house. And we've done all kinds of things in Pierre's house. Yes, I got cameras. Musola, Stephanie, you guys, my camera has been watching you. Anyway, um, back to business. And those really micro cameras that you don't even know are there. Sometimes the enemy plants those things in our lives. It's just there. It's like a sleeper cell. It's like, an, I was talking to some people yesterday. I said, look, we have to be careful of the Christianity that says it is well when it is not well. 
We have to be careful of the Christianity that tells people, oh, don't deal with stuff. Oh, just, just God, God, God's grace is sufficient. The grace of God makes it possible for you to deal with and to handle the matters that have to be handled. The grace of the world is not given to you to ignore things. It's given to you to confront things. So God's grace helps you to labor into the fruitfulness of righteousness. So don't say it is well when it's not well. I say because the problem with that is that you are allowing, you know, just like slipper cells of bitterness, pain, darkness, hurt, it's just there. And one day Satan just presses the remote, bam, and activates it. And a person's life just comes crumbling and they display something that they are wondering, where did that come from? So we need to deal with the seeds. Take care of the obvious Haman that is sitting before the king, but you must also remove the seeds of Haman. Um, maybe I should share my screen real quickly for my Word document. I need it. Let me share because we have to go. Um, please don't mind my notes. Only I understand my notes. Just, just try. So here are the, you also have to take care of the sons of Haman. Now, why did they also have the, to kill the sons of Haman? Because engineered into the DNA of a son is the need to establish the legacy of his father. That's why Christ, God, was seeking for sons. Because it's engineered into the DNA of his son. You don't sometimes, you don't even know it. There are people who hated their father and they end up replicating the things that their fathers did. So if Haman was killed and his sons were left alive, the sons would have come for the children of Israel. So as God is dealing with the Hamans inside of you, he's also dealing with the seed of Haman. Now, Haman had um, eight, 10 sons, I believe. Um, and the name of the first son was Pashadatha, which is curious self, busybody. The name of the second son was Daphon, which is whipping self, self-pity. Um, the name of the third son was Asfata, Aspata, which means assembled self self-mobilization, self-sufficiency. I need you to hear me very well. You take out Haman. Now look at the names of Haman's sons. There's no son here that is called terrorist. There's no son here that is called hired killer. There's no son here that is called prostitute. All his sons, their names just look like the normal things that people do. You are like, ah, that girl is too independent. That person is so, ah, so independent. She doesn't know how to let people in. You look at the other one, you're like, ah, man, she's always indulging. He's always indulging. You look at the other one, you're like, ah, desire for preeminence, which is pamashat. You're like, ah, but Pierre, you said we should arrive at dominance. So I should have a desire for preeminence. No, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. But you look at the names of Haman's sons, and it just looks, it says one is haughty, you know, a sense of superiority. It looks like the things that culture now promotes in our time. Can't you see? that we may have taken care of the obvious Haman in the church, but he's the seed of his sons are yet growing within the lives of Christians. You must take down Haman's sons. When you have dealt with the obvious Haman, which is the witch worrying your house or the troubles in your society, now go back to the seeds within you and say to yourself, ah, do I have a dahlia inside of me, which is self-consciousness, a sense of inferiority. So you say things like, Api, I don't know if I'm the one. I tell you, rise up, take the microphone. Api, please, it's not. Why? It is me. I am the one that was made for such a time as this. Why do you constantly put yourself under when God has ordained you with the oil of leadership? It is not humility 
to step back from opportunities. True humility is that you respond to every command of God at every point in time. So if God tells you to be a king, you become a king. If God tells you to go and serve in, in, in the restroom area, you serve there. That is humility that you obey God because there is something called Adalia, which is self-consciousness, inferiority. There is the one called Poratha. Oh, I'm living my best life. But they say, spend thriftness, self-indulgence is one of Haman's sons. So my question to you is, do you still have the seed of Haman inside of you? Even though you have dealt with all the, oh, you don't do terrible things, you don't drink anymore, you don't, but do his seed still grow from within you? You must take it all down. Because as long as the seed of Haman is alive, the throne of the king is threatened and the, and the, and the lives of the children of Israel are threatened. Hear me, you were called to be a deliverer. You were called to be a liberator. The kingdom in this case is all upon the earth and God has ordained you, O Esther. So we must take Haman down and we must hang his sons at the gallows because destiny is calling to every single individual in the city and you are the one that the Lord has ordained to birth liberation. I don't know if anybody is still with me this morning. I don't know if everybody is still with me. Give me wisdom. Listen to me. Esther navigated by reason of the um, counsel of Mordecai. By default, Esther was just a baby girl. Literally, she was a slave queen. She slayed the king and became a queen. So she had no business with politics. She had no business. That's what many of us think. I'm just the Lord's baby. I just enjoy the presence of the Holy Ghost. To what end? Why would the king give you audience if there's no purpose to it? To what end? So you exactly Soros, okay. So you need to arrive at the point where you realize that dealing with weaknesses and struggles in your life is a giving because you are strengthening, a, you are strengthening something that the kingdom of heaven needs. You are one of God's greatest assets. Your life is a tool. So when you take care of your affairs, you are taking care of Zion. So this morning, I need you to pray. I say, my God, give me the courage to confront all the seeds of Haman inside of me. Give me the seeds of Haman in life in the Ya <laughs> <laughs> 
Father, we receive from you everything that you have for us. Everything that you have for us. The eyes of the people. And help them to see the weightiness of their destinies. Amen. I rebuke. I rebuke the spirit of hell that makes small the destinies of men. I rebuke the spirit of blindness. I rebuke the spirit of numbness. I command your eyes to open. Amen. I declare that you will labor the true labors that will cause the goodness and the greatness of God to be birthed from you. Amen. I declare that your borders are secured. Amen. Your life is secured. Amen. The Bible says, if the hedge is broken, the serpent will bite. I declare that by the blood of Jesus, your hedges are rebuilt. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In your borders, you shall rule. From within your borders, you shall reign. From within your borders, you shall serve the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. That the Lord sends you out as a flaming Amen. And as you interact with this world, I pray that the same God gave to Solomon, he will give to you. Amen. Amen. Discernment, the ability to distinguish, to know the interval between good and evil. You will not be deceived. You will not be deceived. It doesn't matter how it looks or how great it sounds. You will not be deceived into smallness. You will not be deceived into You will not be deceived into darkness. You will not be deceived into pride. But the Lord show you will show you where he has put you. And that spirit into your heart. And the other of Zion into your soul. Understand the word of God. And you understand the order of God. Let the heaven rest upon your shoulder. You shall be conveyor of the things of God. And you shall be representative of the throne of God. Let heaven arise upon you. Let them be an ascending and descending that inside your life. Let's go to heaven and it shall be called the house of God. Amen. 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 Jesus. Amen. 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 You need to fast. 
you have to fast. This one is not about child's play anymore. This one is not about, oh, you know, I'm not really the kind of person. You are the kind of person. I tell people you can be anything you want to be. You just need to resolve with God and with heaven that you are. You have to fast. Remember, I spoke about fasting the first time. I said it humbles your spirit. The second thing I want to tell you is Jesus, when he was ordained, he went into the wilderness to fast. And the Bible recorded that he came out with Holy Ghost and with power. The yeah. church, every time they were going to send out people in the apostolic, evangelistic, everything, they fasted, prayed, lay hands on them and sent them forth. Fasting prepares the atmosphere around you. It narrows canal options and it points you to the spirit. It helps you to hit the mark and to shoot accurately. You have to fast. It's a matter of life and life. The question is, what life do you want to live? The one that people will look at and say, oh, fantastic, oh, great. Oh, she's not the CEO of do, 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 do. Is that life? Or do you want to live the life of relevance in the kingdom where you understand the role that all of these things in your life are meant to play? You see, the knowledge and the revelation we cry out for, it does not come without a price. You pay the price in the spirit for the preservation of your sight. Fast. Ask the Lord for grace. However you can do it, do it. However you, your, your body can carry it, carry it, find a way. The one that works for you. You understand? If you are dealing with ulcer, find a way. Eat a banana in the morning, eat two. Then carry yourself. And I said to people, when you are fasting, cassava is not a fruit. So you can't eat a banana and tell me, oh, but beer is a fruit. It's not a fruit. Yeah. Plantain is not a fruit. It's banana that is a fruit. So you can decide that if the first thing you want to do is fruit fast, if that's what your strength can carry. But seek the Holy Ghost first and ask him to help you first. Do your best. You will see that the things you struggle with will become easy for you. The addictions you have, they'll be falling off you, falling off you like this, falling off you. Everything will just fall off you and you will find strength. Prepare yourself for this year because God is doing something powerful and something great. God bless you. I appreciate Amen. you. And I am here for you till the end of prayer reign, which is two weeks. Imagine this is just day four, I think. Look yes. at how the Lord has brought us. Imagine what will happen by the time we arrive at day 14. Think about how on fire you will be. So maximize this spiritual intervention that God is bringing into your life. Maximize it. Take all of it. You know, it's like the way sometimes, you know, in Africa, when you go to the village and you finish eating, you will lick the plates. You, know, so you use your hand to clean it. You know, that's how they do it in the village. Sometimes you will lick it like this with your mouth. I know that some people are looking, looking at me and say, oh my God, Pia, that's disgusting. Ah, hey, hey, you've not eaten my mother's soup before. That's why you can say that. You know, but my point is, glean on everything that God is providing for us in this season receive it fully. And I know that the Lord will cause you to be established, will cause you to be strengthened and will, you will become one that heaven will look at. And every time God wants to move, he will make you a first option in Amen. Jesus. God oh, bless Amen. you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pierre. Amen. Thank you,